0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Journey to Grateful podcast. This is a continuation of episode 16, 10 Surprises of Grief, Part 2. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and I've created a list, in no particular order, mind you, that examines often unknown surprises of grief. Now, in Part 1, I detailed how grief is often unexpected and comes in waves, how grief has no timetable and no schedule. Now, these two details may not be exactly a surprise, but perhaps more of a misperception for some. Think that you can actually assume how grief will progress and maybe even take someone else's experience and apply it to yours. That just is not Possible. I also highlighted in that episode how not everyone understands what you are experiencing. Although to you it seems to be common sense, others may just not get it. And thus they may say something that comes off a bit insensitive. Now that's on them and not a detail you need to focus on. You have enough going on. Now in number four of last podcast... It's a specific detail of grief that I've mentioned before and will continue to do so. Grief is not linear. And this is one important aspect because... If you mistakenly think it is, when something you've experienced a week ago or a month ago swings back on you when you least expect it, its strike will leave a stronger impression the second time and hurt even more. As I've said before, grief is like a ball of tangled string overlapping itself many times. Thus, an emotional low you've experienced before can happen again. The more you know this, the better prepared you will be to deal with it later. And lastly, in episode 16, I focused on how friends and family will surprise you. I've heard some experiences which were not good. A friend actually commenting on how they thought the person they knew were over their loss a month after. I'm telling you, now don't get me started, this one bothers me the most, and thankfully something I've not experienced myself, but I will never understand the thought process behind a comment like that. I personally know I will never quote-unquote get over my loss. I plan to get through this experience, but to get over it is to say that there is an end which I truly do not believe exists. And on the other hand, some surprises will be and have been incredibly kind and unexpectedly plentiful. My family has been so fortunate to be on the receiving end of many incredibly wonderful surprises, many of which have not been very grand, but just simple and sweet. So once again, let's examine the next five items on this list. Remember, these are in no specific order. Let's continue the list. So we'll continue with number six. Your thoughts are often your worst enemy. Now I'm specifically talking about guilt, but other thoughts are also very valid for this particular issue. As with me, my wife, Colleen, was diagnosed February 2017 with breast cancer. She fought as hard as she possibly could with radiation, taking on multiple rounds of chemo, electing to have full mastectomy, all while working full-time and trusting that she, we were doing everything we could possibly do. Then, December 30th, 2018, she became confused at home, so much so that she could not find the bathroom just six feet from where she sat. That was the beginning of our knowledge, that her cancer had metastasized and the fight would need to continue. Additional aggressive radiation and chemo treatment directly administered into the fluid around her brain was everything that could be done, and we together chose to do that. After our loss, you can imagine thoughts, what ifs, becoming my worst enemy. As most everyone who experiences grief associated with a loss of someone who becomes ill, second-guessing decisions made, opportunities either taken or not taken, is common and unavoidable. It's what you do with those thoughts. It's how you handle Them, when they collide in your head, no matter what you do. That is what makes the difference between someone who is doing well or pushed into very, very low moments. As many of my supporters have said and would say if I asked, allow yourself grace. In other words, give yourself a break. As for myself, Colleen and I together made the educated. Decision to stop treatment because we had exhausted all possible and viable options. This did two things for us. It provided us the knowledge that we indeed did all that we could. But even more importantly, it gave us time to talk, to talk about difficult things. We spoke about expectations of the coming weeks, we spoke about the decisions we made and the comfort we had in those decisions. But Colleen is the one who oftentimes, on the way to and from doctor's appointments, would bring up the most difficult subjects, what she hoped for when she was gone. Even today, those conversations are as important and difficult for me to remember as anything else I am experiencing in my grief. I think the largest misconception of grief is that grief is only about the missing of someone, their loss. But it, for me, is far more. It's the weeks and months before her passing that is so much a part of my grief. It's those thoughts, those second-guessing moments, the what-ifs that oftentimes creep in, and I push them down. I ignore them, in fact. And that is what grief is all about. And I can imagine as well as understand, through discussions I've had with others, that sudden loss is also full of those moments as well. Wondering if there was a sign before a sudden heart attack event, or were there moments or comments missed before a suicide. The statement, your thoughts are often your worst enemy, fits all types of grief in so many different ways. For those trying to help and support someone, I ask that you understand that the sadness, the grief, is so much more than just the loss. Okay, number seven. Not all death is equal. Stop trying to make it that way. I'll go to the number one thing not to do when discussing someone else's loss, and it is to bring up and compare an experience or an event. Try to just listen. That's it. Listen. I know it sounds too simple, But that's all you need to do. Bringing up another lost story as a comparison while speaking to someone you are trying to support lessens the importance of that person's current grief. They need you to hear them at that moment, especially if you see they are opening up to you if they hadn't previous. Okay, here's the thing. If someone starts talking in more detail or depth about what they're experiencing, Understand that it is something difficult for them to have done, and is a sign, they need to express what they are expressing at that moment. Just be there, and honestly, be thankful that they have put trust in you enough to open up. It's truly not easy. Believe me, I know from experience. In fact, most every day, I am making the active decision as to how deep I feel like taking any particular discussion, depending upon the person and the situation. I'll be transparent here. I have a lot to communicate about how I'm feeling at the moment with whomever is willing to listen. I don't often get the chance to do that. But I won't often take the chance either, because I'm sensitive to oversharing or coming off as someone who only talks about his grief. So when someone opens that door of sharing, if you can, let them in. They need it, and they appreciate the opportunity to share because the opportunity doesn't present itself as often as you might think. Okay, number eight in the ten surprises of grief. Normal no longer exists. Ever. So don't try to find it. Instead, try to redefine it. I oftentimes use the term new normal. It describes the normal of today as something completely different than the normal of yesterday, and it indicates that yesterday is simply gone. You can't go back to it. And sadly, that is the truth. I found with the loss of my wife, I have several new jobs, responsibilities, in fact, that I need to attend to, sometimes on a daily basis, one of which is redefining that normal and the way that that is now for us or for me. And that is somewhat two different things, us as a family, and then me. I'd be lying if I'd say it's not a daunting task especially since I'm responsible for helping to manage and shape the new normal for others. But I know I also have to make time for me to redefine my new normal as well. How am I doing with that? Well, some days are better than others, but it's a work in progress. So there you have it. So remember... Normal no longer exists, and redefining a new normal needs to be done on your own time. This is also something that has no time limit or deadline. No matter what anyone else might want you to believe, this is yours to redefine, not theirs. So take the time that you need to take. On to number nine. It's okay to cry, even months or years later. Sometimes it will be inevitable, Other times, avoidable. But you'll need to decide if you want to avoid it or give in to it. Sometimes you just have to cry. For me, it's been cleansing at times and a release at others. And as time goes on, at least in my experience, it indeed does happen less often. Be aware, triggers will always be out there. And as I've mentioned before, they will hit you when you least expect it. I'm not suggesting you keep your guard up on high alert and avoid anything in life that may be a trigger. But being aware that time, although a reducer of many things, don't mistake that it will ever completely go away. I know of a quote by Winnie the Pooh of all things that said it very well. And it goes like this. How lucky am I to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard? And it's so true. I believe I will be saying goodbye until I have the chance to say hello again. And no matter how you view this, that is a hard thing to be faced with. So yes, it's okay to cry, to sob, to fall on your knees grasping at your next breath. You've lost someone a special someone, and although there's no manual explaining how to get through this the best way without tears, and honestly, why would there be, we will stumble through this together, sharing our ups and downs, our this works and god no, don't do that, until we either run out of tears or our heart stops aching, which I don't see happening anytime with either one. And finally, number 10, grief has no end. As I've alluded in most every podcast episode and blatantly said aloud in most, looking for the end to your grief is a futile mission. And it should be. If you've lost a child, a spouse, a parent, or anyone you've loved so very, very much, your grief to have an end is an inexplicable thing. For those needing a specific definition, it is incapable of being accounted for or explained. Better yet, incapable of being achieved. As the love you had when your life was all about that someone you've lost was all-encompassing and and never-ending, so I believe, will your grief be the same? So if you are trying to support a friend through their grief, understanding this is paramount. And avoiding talk of when this is over, quote-unquote, or once you are done, should not be part of your vocabulary, ever. And for those of you who are navigating your grief right now at this moment, understand the waves of grief, the ache in your heart, will always ebb and flow. This, unfortunately, is a part of our new normal, but you can move forward while holding your love and memories tight. I know tomorrow will always come, sometimes gloomy, sometimes with sunshine, but always with the memories I hold dear, so I can remember, so I can cry, so I can grieve, but as my wife would want, as she told me herself, so I can move forward. So thank you once again for your time, for listening and being part of the Journey to Grateful community you once again can become part of our community and have a voice over on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Your comments and suggestions can help make this podcast what it is, the sharing of our stories and experiences to help others. You can also help others find Journey to Grateful podcast by writing a review over on Apple podcasts or simply rating the show there. Of course, you can listen through Spotify or on the journeytograteful.com website. But for more people to find it, we need your voice. We need your help. We need you to share your knowledge of the show with family, with friends, with co-workers, anyone you believe could benefit from our mission. And finally, I'd like to close with inspiration. Since I mentioned how grief will not end as our love has not ended, I can appreciate what Elaine Davis wrote. Loved you yesterday, love you still, always have, always will. For me, this quote says and means so much more than the words it puts together. It says as much as love is. Thank you once again for joining me today. Stay strong and remember to always search for hope in the days to come. And I hope that you have a great day. Bye-bye.